0: This episode is brought to you by the Grace Enough podcast, where host Amber Cullum and her guests delve into hard truths and the unwavering grace of God while journeying in the kingdom of God here on earth. Listen every week at graceenoughpodcast.com or on your favorite listening app.
1: This is the third part in a series on multi-level marketing. You'll want to listen to the two previous episodes, before starting this one. In the 1900s, the U.S. government went on a tear, cracking down on questionable businesses. In the early part of the century, the focus was on monopolies, like John D. Rockefeller's Standard Oil. In the middle of the century... The focus shifted to pyramid schemes. Companies like Holiday Magic, which was prosecuted and dissolved in the early 1970s. This was a booming era for consumer advocates. They were involved in scores of protections like mandating seatbelts into cars, clean air and water. And regulators had their eye on multi-level marketing companies, or MLMs trying to suss out if they were illegal pyramid schemes or legitimate businesses. Then came a very important case. It's known as the Amway decision. Amway, for anyone who isn't aware, is maybe the best-known MLM in the United States. Maybe the world. It was founded in 1959 by two guys, Richard DeVos and Jay Van Andel. I read a lot about these guys in an excellent book by Jane Mayer called Dark Money. Of the two Amway founders, the DeVos name is probably more familiar to you. Richard DeVos belonged to the Dutch Reformed Church, which is a strongly Calvinistic Christian denomination. The DeVosses had ties to Pat Robertson, the guy who founded the 700 Club, a very popular TV ministry, and who was the chairman of CBN. Richard was friends with Jerry Falwell, the man who founded the Moral Majority Political Movement and Liberty University. He was also involved with the National Rifle Association, or the NRA. There is a special breed of wealthy Christians who use their power to promote quote-unquote Christian ideas in government and society, and the DeVos's were and are those kind of people. Whether that's a healthy thing or not, that's a whole other story. By 2011, according to Dark Money, Amway brought in nearly 11 billion dollars a year, that's billion with a B, more than the GDP of countries like Haiti or the Republic of Congo. Richard DeVos's daughter-in-law, Betsy, made national news when she was appointed Secretary of Education by President Donald Trump. She's been controversially involved in advocating for her charter schools and arming teachers. Her brother, Eric Prince, founded the global security firm Blackwater, which was described in the book as the world's most powerful mercenary army. You may remember Blackwater for their involvement in abuse scandals in the Middle East, including the 2007 shooting of 17 Iraqis in Baghdad. The company has since been rebranded as Constellis. The DeVos family advocates for the end of campaign finance reform caps. In other words, this family wants people and corporations to be able to contribute as much to political candidates as they choose. This is one of the families behind Amway, perhaps the best known multi-level marketing company in the world, and a frequent sponsor of all things, quote unquote, Christian. You're listening to the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars to explore how we got here and how we can do better. I'm Chris Darren, and this is Truce.
0: Listen to these conversations and more by searching Grace Enough Podcast on your favorite listening app or by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com.
1: Amway and the DeVos family played a key role in the legal battle that defined the MLM industry. Let's hear again from Robert Fitzpatrick of Pyramid Scheme Alert. His new book is Ponzinomics, the untold history of multi-level marketing and how direct sales became an American swindle. Okay, the Amway decision.
2: It was, it happened in 1979. So, you know, quite a long time ago now, almost 40 years. The US government was on a roll prosecuting companies. However, this decision went differently. The uh, FTC had prosecuted Amway as an illegal pyramid scheme. It had previously prosecuted several others, um, a company called Holiday Magic and another called Coscott, in about the same period, successfully, and closed them down. In this case, though, the uh, administrative law judge ruled that Amway was not a pyramid scheme, and the FTC went along with it, and what happened is that, from my reading of the history of this. Amway at that time was not like the other two pyramid schemes that had been closed down. Economically, it was identical. They used the same type of pay plan, the same pitch. They were all multi-level marketing. They were all based on the same model. They all produced the same loss rates. They all made the same promises. They used the same lawyers. All of that was the same. But Amway's two founders, Richard DeVos and Jay Van Andel were very powerfully connected. One was the chairman of the United States Chamber of Commerce. The other was the finance chairman of the National Republican Party. That was Richard DeVos. He became the chief fundraiser for Ronald Reagan, who became president the next year. Jay Van Andel, who was the other founder, was the chairman of the National Chamber of Commerce. I'd always thought that the Chamber of Commerce was like a little bonus
1: tourism bureau, promoting local businesses and putting together events on our town square. Then I listened to the podcast, The Dream, which I strongly recommend. It turns out that the Chamber of Commerce, according to their website, is the world's largest business organization, representing the interests of more than three million businesses of all sizes, sectors, and region. It's the largest lobbying organization in the United States, known for its stances against things like climate change legislation. So Amway had two powerful advocates, one who helped elect President Reagan and the other
2: who ran the largest lobbying organization in the country. It is very unlikely that these two were really going to be shut down by the FTC because of their connections. In fact, while they were being prosecuted, they literally had a private meeting with the president of the United States, who at that time was Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford had been made president when Richard Nixon resigned. Gerald Ford had been, for many years, a congressman from Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is the headquarters of Amway. That is a powerful neighbor to have. Amway had actually funded the Gerald Ford Library. When it came time for a new president to be elected. They became major contributors to the Ronald Reagan presidency. So it is almost, it's very unlikely that the FTC was really gonna shut down a company with that kind of political connection. According to Robert, instead of the industry being forced to make changes, it
1: expanded it went from being hunted by regulators to being largely left alone. And when it came time to make rules that determined whether a business was an illegal pyramid scheme or was a legitimate peer-to-peer business, who do you think wrote the rules? Amway did. Seriously. And they were adopted as policy. I'll put up a link to the FTC's website where it lists some of these rules. According to the FTC, Amway is not a pyramid scheme.
2: And it engaged in an enormous, you know, promotional campaign too, claiming that it was direct selling, that people made money, that it was um, legal, uh, and that it was a hedge against inflation and against recession, that it was the greatest income opportunity in the world, that it was the literally the greatest manifestation of the American dream.
1: Since then, the industry has enjoyed some powerful friends, people in high offices. In our final episode of the MLM series next week, we'll dive into some of those friends in high places, including those who explicitly use the gospel to market their businesses. As a reminder, according to the rules I mentioned, Amway is not an illegal pyramid scheme. I don't want to imply that it's currently illegal or involved in any illegal activity. Instead, I'd like to focus on some of the cultural forces behind this decision. You see, Christianity is often tied to big businesses and conservative organizations like the NRA and the Republican Party. Whether you like that or not is your decision. If we're okay with mixing business and religion, we have to remember that our business practices influence how people see our belief system. If we use our wealth and power to earn favors in our business model, that will reflect poorly on Christ. When we as Christians use the weight of the presidency and campaign contributions to keep regulators away from our business, We're on shaky ground. But it doesn't end there. We've only talked about one Christian family that uses their connections to promote their company. What about Christians, speakers, and evangelists, people you've probably heard of, who use their platform to promote a sales model that is almost guaranteed to fail, thereby saddling poor people with even more debt in the name of Jesus. We'll have that story for you next week. Special thanks to Robert Fitzpatrick of Pyramid Scheme Alert for giving me the interview. His book is Ponzinomics, the untold history of multi-level marketing and how direct sales became an American swindle. We'll have links to him at trucepodcast.com, where you can find links to our social media accounts, donate to help cover my production costs, and learn about my other projects. Those include my films Bringing Up Bobby and Between the Walls, and my Christian time travel novel, Cradle Robber. If you'd like to learn more about MLMs, I strongly recommend the podcast, The Dream. It has some strong language, but it is well worth the listen. We've got one more episode about this topic coming up next week. I hope you'll join us and leave a comment about the show on iTunes. It would really, really, really help. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Starin, and this is Truce.